Welcome to the Iowa Agronomy Update, where we talk all things agronomics. I'm your host, Brent Schwinnaker, and this podcast is brought to you by Asgro DeKalb Brand Seeds. Hey everyone, welcome to a new edition of the Iowa Agronomy Update. Uh, we got a Halloween edition here for you today, October 31st, 2019. Uh, so we're, uh, we, uh, been a few weeks since we've had a podcast and apologize for that. We were kind of waiting for a harvest update kind of podcast and we, uh, just didn't seem to, to get harvest started off on, on a good, a good foot here. And so, um, we waited a couple weeks and, and made sure that we had, uh, had some good harvest data to, to kind of fall back on. Uh, but first off, we're going to swing up to the Northwest part of the state and brought in Jim McDermott. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Brent, and happy Halloween to you. You bet. Happy Halloween, and and it kind of a it's been kind of spooky year, uh, Jim. We uh, you know, we've uh, kind of dodged. Uh, you guys dodged a bullet here this week in the weather. Uh, those of the southeast haven't. All right, and it's, it feels like uh, it's finally our turn. It's of course been a tough year as far as getting things planted and throughout the whole season, but uh, here in the last ten days, we've had a pretty good run at harvest here in Northwest Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. And you think you think back about this this Halloween week and what what it's kind of meant for weather wise. It's kind of a make or break kind of week. It seems like uh, uh, we had a, a, a familiar product to everyone. Sixty one sixty nine had an issue with some wind. How many years ago was that, Jim? Ten? Oh, yeah, I believe about 11, about around 2008. OK. And of yeah. course, you go back into the early nineties. We had a big Halloween blizzard, but uh, yeah, yeah we, hopefully, hopefully everybody's dodging that kind of bullet this yeah, year. Yeah, was it? Well, uh, we'll talk to we'll talk to the southeast Iowa guys here next. They may may say something different. What was was ninety one a, a blizzard for you guys? Or did you get or snow? Yeah, I was in Nebraska at the time, and it was an all out blizzard. Okay, and I think that covered a pretty big swath of uh, Nebraska and Iowa. Yeah. We, I, I, I remember I, I was in high school though, but, uh, I do remember it. Uh, I had to uh, shower at the high school for a week, so I had to go in and <laughs> shower at school beforehand. So I, I remember the ice storm well, so, uh, but we, but certainly you guys dodged a bullet this week, but you guys have had some wind. We had plenty of 50, 60 mile an hour winds. How are things holding up? Well, overall real well, Brent. Um, I mean, I say that and, and, uh, We've got a lot of tops that went out and, and uh, you know, it's certainly been a challenge, but I, I think when we had some of those real high winds, we still had a fair amount of moisture in the stalks, and, which is, you know, function of the later planting. Um, but uh, we, we've really held things together pretty well. Of course, people are going at it extremely hard. We're approximately 50% done on corn in Northwest Iowa. So we're, we're making good progress. Um, but, uh, you know, these stocks aren't going to hold together forever, you know, knowing now that they are getting a little bit more brittle and, and more hollow. Um, we've had certainly some stock rots come in and thracnose has probably been the main one. Um, but yeah, it's right now for the winds we've had, things are, are holding together relatively well. Good, good, good. Glad to hear that general consensus here, Jim, we, we got off on a rough start. We were planting into June. What's uh, what's the consensus on the crop? O overall, okay, or 
pleased or where, where are customers sitting at today? I think for the planting conditions and the, the date of planting, um, I think most people are pleasantly surprised. You know, there's obviously a lot of differences in, in management and field to field with the amount of uh, tile or drainage situations. Sure. On the bean side, um, to be honest, the planting date hadn't make hadn't that there a lot of beans went into. Um, a lot of those beans, if, especially if, if they had a fungicide treatment like Delaro or the aphids were managed, um, I've seen some pretty good yields. I, as an example, had uh, 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 20X9s planted the 9th of June, still doing in the upper 60s. Uh, so there's been some very good beans planted in June, and I think that's been a, been a very pleasant surprise. Yeah, yeah I, I, I would agree here as, as well, Jim. We've uh, still plugging away at harvest here at the, at the Learning Center, but uh, I, would, I would say I, I'm more pleased June planted beans and than I am that the couple days that we did get in the middle of May I think we got a little bit in May 13th and 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 a big run on May 16th uh, that that 16th day where we got the rain and then cool right after that that um, kind of hit or miss planting day there it seems like yeah that's right and um, we noticed some issues on corn especially around that 16th of May planting and, and, and mainly because we had some hard rains right after that. Uh, so it caused some crusting, yeah. but uh, that was one of the dates that during the, during the season that seemed to be a little bit more of a problem as, as far as establishing a stand. Sure. You, you, uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, kind of management on, on soybeans. So, um, so when you, when you say that, Jim, are you, are you implying then that so guys that went ahead and followed through with their their plan, even though they were June, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth through the ninth planning, you're saying management still paid off for those late season beans? Well, absolutely. And, you know, and sometimes the management is is about the drainage and, and you know, the, those type of factors. But uh, in season um, and fields that had good fertility, you know, those type of those type of uh, situations really made a difference on our soybeans, but I think particularly the fungicide, uh, you know, uh, Delaro has always done a good job of, uh, I wouldn't say completely controlling white mold, but uh, at least suppressing white mold and then just get white mold or, or R3 for some of our other situations on our, our normal fungicide timing. Uh, really we're seeing a lot of cases, five to seven bushel, um, you know, some cases even more. So, I think that that type of management tactic has certainly paid off. Yeah, certainly, uh, certainly paid off. Still, unfortunately, still tough, to, uh, still tough to make pencil out soybeans here on on a break even standpoint. But certainly, some of the components that we're throwing at it are paying off and still giving us bushels here to hopefully market down the road and hopefully take advantage of a rally here. Hopefully, sometime soon. Well, you're right, and it's that's the challenge on the on the soybean side, and you know, it certainly has more people looking at corn on corn uh, for next year or more acres of corn. You know, it's a long time before planting season, but uh, you know, right now uh, it certainly looks like you know yields in, in relative comparison are, are better on the corn side than in the bean side, and that's just a very general statement. Uh, but you know that that factor, along with the, the economics, uh, certainly has a lot of our growers looking at uh, more corn for next year yeah so if if a guy is leaning 
leaning that way to more more corn on corn acres next year. You know, what are, what are some of the things that they should be thinking about this fall to to manage that corn on corn crop for next year? Well, and that is a key point because, you know, it's, it does start in the fall and, and, you know, most situations you think about residue management um, and, you know, varies by where you're at. Of course, your slope of the ground and if you have highly erodible, but uh, for a lot of areas for corn on corn, it does mean, you know, trying to trying to get that, that tillage done earlier in the fall versus later. And of course, that's easier said than done when we're you know, 50% into our corn harvest. But um, if we can do any sort of uh, uh, fall tillage while we still have some microbial activity, uh, that helps that uh, residue break down. Um, and even just uh, some, some vertical tillage where we're, we're keeping a lot of residue on top, but we're at least uh, getting some mixing action. Um, you know, that, that tillage pass alone can, can really help. Um, in some of our corn on corn situations, um, you know, certainly uh, management on on uh, diseases can help with that uh, with that residue breakdown. Um, it also can help as far as our nitrogen management. Um, if we were able to uh, help that residue breakdown start a little quicker, uh, and hopefully we don't have as much there in the spring to tie up some of our nitrogen. Um, so. Uh, a few of those things uh, as far as management of the residue this fall, hopefully will give us a, a, a quicker start next spring. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned a, a, a couple different things there. You, you did mention a, a little bit of nitrogen management. Uh, I, I did want to think, think back to, you know, you know, where did, um, will there be a trickle down from, nutrient management that maybe took a hit last spring to maybe next spring you know i mean if if we missed a if we missed a p and k treatment or um, we decided to to maybe hit it this fall you know and now we may be looking at an early early freeze you know what just what are some of the thoughts there on, on getting caught up on some of those nutrients that maybe got delayed last spring yeah, and, and that's a good point because a lot of it does go back to last year if we if we had a hard time getting a fall application. Um, you know, the first thing really that comes to my mind is making sure we're up to date on our soil samples so we know where we're at. Um, you know, we, we still have been removing some some pretty high high yields, and, of course, with that, we're removing pretty high levels of P and K, um, it, especially on our soybean side. I think uh, people are becoming a lot more aware of uh, direct fertilizing in front of their soybeans, but uh, you know, knowing where we're at with our with our soil sample levels is is really the key, and and then you know being able to uh, uh, you know, apply some of that P and K in the spring if we're not able to get it done in the fall is, is still a good option. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you certainly can can uh, use several options as far as spreading things out uh, either with the starter um, or with our side dress applications, um, you know, if we're able to, to use liquid, uh, to, to help, um, if we are in, in a, in a shortage on our P and K levels, um, obviously dry is, is the most economical overall and, and usually the better way to go if we can either, uh, apply that in the fall, either broadcast or strip till, um, or again, even being able to, uh, go, uh, earlier in the spring, um, to help us, uh, make sure we're in good shape on our P and K levels. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a, a, a good a good tip there to to think about heading into this fall and even next spring to to just make sure that we don't get too far ahead of ourselves after you know a couple good years of crop and just make sure we're up to date on everything with the you know the the soil sample is your is basically your test to know where where things are at and uh, make sure that we're up to speed there and and certainly as you you definitely want to make sure you're up to speed as you go into corn on corn because certainly that corn on corn situation is going to show you every deficiency that you've got. Oh, absolutely. Usually we're going to be limited on our overall root structure, especially early in the season. Um, if it's a cooler scenario and we're slow growing, um, you know, some of the deficiencies, um, you know, nitrogen is the obvious one, but a lot of times sulfur and zinc will, will certainly show up in those corn on corn uh, fields and and yeah, you know at least we do have some management options with some some liquid uh, foliar applications of zinc and and sulfur, uh, so we can help correct that in season. Um, but yeah, if we are going corn on corn or more corn acres, um, there's, there's just there's a lot of factors, especially on the nutrient side, to be aware of. And 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 split applying nitrogen in my mind is is always a key in corn on corn. Um, you know, especially if we're relying on, I say, a fall manure application or a fall in hydrous application, uh, you know, the ability to supplement that with uh, either a starter or a side dress or both, uh, I, I feel is very important for corn on corn. Yeah, yeah, we 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 talk we talked a lot about getting that that late start, Jim, and uh, I know, I think. I think there's pockets pretty much everywhere in the state that had a fair amount of corn planted in, in June. And so walk us through some of the things that we're kind of seeing or to be on the lookout for with some of this June planted corn, as far as um, moisture, dry down, test weight, you know, what, what are we thinking about there? And has it, has it come, has it come far here in the last week or so or not? Um, there's certainly a lot of areas where our, our moistures have come down. Um, it was in a combine yesterday where we still had some June planted corn that was, uh, in the mid to upper twenties for moisture. Um, but, uh, you know, on the, the June planted, um, there certainly are some pretty good yields. So we really ended up uh, having a late enough frost that, uh, most everything got to black layer or at least was you know, within three quarter of a milk line of black layer. So it was, it was very close. Um, so I, you know, certainly seen a little bit lighter test weights. Of course, when we've got moistures that high, we're bound to have lighter test weights. Um, but the, the kernel depth actually has surprised me with our June planted corn. We ended up you know, having some moisture and having some decent ear fill conditions through September and early October. Uh, and that's that's sure sure helped us on our yields, um, but the, the challenge is if we are dealing with that uh, mid to upper twenties on moisture, uh, we're at the time of the year where we we wouldn't uh, be expected to drop much moisture. You know, we're about quarter a point a day on average for here in early November, uh, so we wouldn't expect it to be dropping too much more, which means we're going to have to be be drying plenty of corn and. And uh, especially if we're dealing with anything that's light or test weight or isn't quite the, uh, the quality of the grain that we're used to, then the storability is always a challenge. So at least we've got cool temperatures 
cold temperatures, so the grain itself is cold, and that helps. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, certainly want to get it down into that 15 16% range for uh, long-term storability. Yeah, that, uh, that certainly helps, uh, gives you, at least gives you a lot more flexibility pulling it out next, uh, next spring or next summer. If, uh, you get it to that 16 and you'll, you'll feel a lot more comfortable when it starts heating up next spring. So. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it, it does put into focus some of the hybrids that have very good dry down, um, on the DeKalb side, we've, you know, always felt real good with uh, the the dry down that uh, the breeders have worked hard to uh, to yeah. implement into our lineup, and 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 that's certainly showing. You know, a lot of our real good hybrids, like a fifty four thirty eight over the years, has been an excellent dry down hybrid, and it's showing it again. You know, even as we get into the late May and early June planting. Good. What the what other products are you jumped into some products there, Jim? What other products are sticking out? Uh, here this year any any new products that we should be on the lookout or anything that we want to get our hands on as quick as we can or what? yeah it's it's uh it is fun now that we are into corn harvest and see some of the the uh new products and how they're performing um really been been tickled to 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 see what these products have been able to do and um in our part of the world um you know and speaking of dry down of 49 44 99 day uh, that one has looked very good especially on the dry down aspect as we look at some of our yield leaders um 54 64 is a brand new 104 day uh that one for hitting the top end yield uh plus with dry down is has been excellent uh, really have looked looked good both agronomics and yield so it's got a nice combination and then as we get up into the fuller season uh, the 5981 and, and 82 smart stacks and double pro version of that hybrid has been very consistent, very solid, no matter what yield level, no matter what stress environment it's been in. Um, and then 6140 and 6390, uh, 111, 113-day uh, for new products. Um, just looking at a plot this morning where you know, 241, or excuse me, 6140 topped it at uh, 261 bushels uh, and, and you know, it's an excellent top end yield. Um, and, you know, and, and mentioning that too, I will say looking back at this year, you, you try to see what you learn for future years. And I would say sticking with the plan, especially sticking with, you know, generally some mid to fuller season hybrids uh, was the right thing to do. You know, and obviously, as we get into the first week of June, you know, we we have to make adjustments. But uh, the boy, the later planning, the the later we could stay with a full season hybrid is paying dividends. Um, again, looking at a at some of the plot results um, for each maturity day, I'm seeing about on average maybe two to three bushel response. Uh, in other words, for five maturity days, you know, that's about 15 bushels. So. Um, you know, it's a balance dealing with dry down and dealing with being able to make it to the finish line to make it to black layer. Uh, but uh, for a lot of our um, mid-May and third week of May or late May plantings, you know, staying with the, the full seasons that, that were planned to be planted originally um, looked like the right thing to do this year, Brent. Yeah. Is it, is it safe to say, Jim, that we're, we can have a, a little bit of sigh of relief after, you know, 
as as agronomists and and researchers you know it after the spring that you had or we had you know you just kind of fear like gosh you know we planted so much of this stuff in june and really what are we going to learn right and it always kind of had especially with so many of these new products that you talked about and you really want to see them get a get a good start and, and really get to understand those well but and then we go and plant them all in june and mud them in and and wow they're, <laughs> they're they're really coming through is and and i think that's a i think that's a great sign for this year right i mean if these new products can hold up in this year um i can't wait to see them in a in a better ideal year well exactly right um yeah, I, there's a lot of stuff that went in tough conditions and, and had tough conditions and had lack of heat units throughout the year and lack of sunshine, especially in August, uh, and still to be able to come through. And I think that's a, a testament to, to a lot of the, the hybrids that we have, the genetics we have now, because uh, 20 years ago, a year like this, um, you, know, you certainly wouldn't be seeing these type of yields at all. So but I think it also shows that, you know, management levels have gone up and, you know, we're paying more attention to things. And, and again, fungicide on corn, even some of the late planted corn, uh, I think is, is paying big dividends. So really managing the crop all the way through, even when it's uh, planted June 10th is uh, a key takeaway from this year. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would certainly agree that uh, it's been, been a, a uh, pleasant surprise uh, all around and a sigh of relief here that we've actually got some some data to, to showcase and, and learn from. And we always learn, but it just you always kind of fear that it's the, the wrong thing we want to learn, I guess. So, well, sometimes you learn something and you, you hope you never have to use it. If, <laughs> we don't face these conditions again, but uh, boy, every year there's bound to be something that uh, we pick up that is, is going to come in handy. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you want to flush the year and, and move move beyond it, but uh, boy, the more we can learn, hopefully, the better we are in the future at managing our crop. Yeah, and I and I gotta say, hats off to our, our research and our and our breeding breeding group for for giving this these these kind of products, right? I mean, they hands down, you know, these conditions uh, and the agronomics that they're giving us, uh, you know, is just you know, the winds and, and rains and all this moisture and, and really for having very few little problems with the year that we've had, I, I commend those guys for, for giving us some great products. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It makes it a, a fun job as an agronomist to work with these products. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you think back to, we, has it been a week, uh, eight, nine days ago when they, we had that 50, 60 mile an hour winds and the guy sees that on the forecast and it, oh, you just, you just cringe and you wake up the next morning and everything's still standing. So it, it's a, it's a great sign. So <laughs> you bet. But hey, you, uh, you mentioned uh, a number of, of corn products. We kind of skimmed through the beans uh, a little bit quick. What the, what the, what's been some highlights on the beans side, Jim, on the, the extend trait that are going to stick out here and, and be staples for us next year? Yeah, you bet. And overall, the extend trait has done very well yield-wise. Um, it's interesting in our area, um, it, the products that are rising to the top tend to be in a very tight maturity group. Uh, so I, I think the year tended to favor in our area, oh, roughly from a 1.9 to about a 2.2, 2.3 in maturity, um, and there happens to be some very good varieties right in that uh, in that maturity group as well. But uh, it seems like this year tended to favor that 
uh, just as far as pod fill. Um, yeah. But uh, like I mentioned before, the the Asgro AG20X9s um, have, have really been a solid product. The uh, AG21X9s and AG22X9s um, have also really had a nice fit to 21X9s, especially um, handling some of the Des Moines lobe soils with high pH. And then 22X9s uh, where we've had white mold um, have really had a nice tolerance to white mold. So, um, you know, those three products in particular have really stuck out. Yeah, I, I would say it looks like our our window of maturity that hit the the prime spot here in, in central Iowa was definitely the probably two four two five to to two nine three O's here. So I, I would agree the the earlies didn't quite uh, have the bang that they usually do this year, and and then certainly we lost some top end on the on the lates on on that early early freeze, uh, but but. I tell you, 29 X9s down this way, having an, another great year here as well. So uh, good to see that uh, two years in a row here on a extend variety. So, Yeah, yeah, and we don't get to see much of that one, but the, we, the little bit we do, it's been, been a very solid variety. Yeah. But, yeah, it's interesting to see it, how those trends work by maturity, and the thing is you can't predict next year what – what maturity grouping is going to be the sweet spot. So it, it, you know, like usual, it, it's uh, best strategy is to try to plan a, a spread of maturities and, and really just even from a harvest standpoint and, and uh, the logistics of, of trying to uh, get through bean harvest and, and catch soybeans at the right moisture if we can. Um, it, it does help to to spread out those maturities. And we've, we've seen a lot more early beans, um, even uh, AG 11 X8s and uh, AG 14 X8s get planted here in Northwest Iowa. And, and, and they've done well, like, like I mentioned, like you mentioned too, those early ones haven't quite caught up or maybe uh, kept up as much this year, but boy, over the years, it's, it's nice having an early bean, um, especially planted early and then you can harvest early and, and uh, yield-wise, it's it's been competitive, so it's still a good strategy to spread those maturities out and uh, make sure we're spreading our risk as well. Yeah, yeah, no, because like you said, you just you know you spread that out, and odds are that that there's going to be a pocket in there that you're going to hit two thirds of that pocket with that spread most most of the time on whatever hits uh, for that year. And uh, but. But certainly, you know, we gave our hats off to to our breeding and research group. But you know, I, I you know, I just also got to commend our our growers. I mean, the the level of management uh, that we've taken our crops to here uh, now versus ten years ago, I think, is is also a big a big factor in this as well. Oh yeah, absolutely, I, and I think that's where some of those early beans, at least in our area, have been able to keep up on yield if, if they're managed well and, and, you know, really have the fertility and, and have the Delaro applications um, that helps them keep up with the fuller maturities. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. Well, Jim, uh, we're uh, about uh, 27 minutes in. Uh, did, did we miss anything on the rundown? I think um, I've got everything crossed off on my list here. Does anything, anything we want to end with here on Halloween to send them off with? <laughs> well i think we did cover the topics that we wanted to brent and uh i just wish everybody a, a safe rest of the, the harvest you know a, a 
a lot of years, this last part of harvest is the slower part because it can to, can trend, tend to drag on, especially as we've got wetter corn. So yeah. uh, hopefully everyone can uh, uh, stay safe and, and, of course, try to get rest when possible because it's, it's going to be a long, tough event here to finish out our harvest. Yeah, I, uh, I commend everybody getting after these beans. It's been a tough bean harvest down this way, and I'm seeing a lot of pictures, a lot of late-night uh, Snapchats from, from growers and folks that are out chugging away at beans at, at uh, midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. It's It's been a tough go, and, and certainly be safe out there, you guys, and, and uh, keep at it. We certainly appreciate everything you guys do. So thank you. Thanks, Jim, uh, for joining us and, and tune in. Uh, I think next week uh, we're going to have a quick back-to-back uh, -back and we're going to shoot down to the southern part of the state and get a, get a harvest update there. But thanks, Jim, again for joining us, and, and we'll see you again on the Iowa Agronomy Update. Sounds good. Thanks, Brent.